it just sucks the life away. We just become like just a joyless, defeated zombie. In Psalm 37, it provides God-given wisdom, a plan of action for enjoying God. You know, when we can have a peace that is beyond understanding even when we're in a spin cycle. I just want to share a few, a few thoughts out of this passage here on how we can overcome discouragement. First thing I just want to say to you is focus afresh on the Lord. Focus afresh on the Lord. Psalm 37 verse 1 and 2 says these words. Do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass they will soon wither, like green grass they will soon die away. Don't, don't you find it like really discouraging as a Christian? It's not only the stuff that we are facing, but the wicked seem to be getting away with things. Like, like the righteous are held back and they get away with it. And, and it, sometimes it seems like people seem to succeed and, and uh, they haven't prayed nearly as hard, they haven't worked nearly as long, maybe they haven't been faithful, but they, they seem to have these moments of, of, of victory and, and it's like right in my face. It's there so that I can't help but see it. And, 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 and it's just like painful. And we look around others, they just seem to sail through life. They don't even acknowledge God. They seem to have plenty of money. Their kids are perfect. Their health is great. You know, they have this perfect little world. And life seems so unfair. Like, I'm trusting God. I'm struggling with my money. I'm struggling with my health. Struggling with my kids. I'm depressed. And, and if you're not careful, the very side of their prosperity becomes your agony. And seeing them go forward and you seem to go backward, it just seems to be a, a source of frustration that, that challenges your faith. We're asking, where is God? Where is justice in all of this? And, and, and if you're not careful, it, it, it will trip you up. Have you noticed that? Sometimes it's when you're trying to obey God that things go wrong. I, I, I can remember when we went to Bible college and, and uh, went down there and first of all, Marilyn's mother got sick and then my father died. And then we felt God uh, speaking to us about going and living overseas for a while and we were only over there for a little while and, and uh, Marilyn's father died. And uh, you're kind of wondering, you know, did we make a wrong decision here? I remember, remember I had my own business and and I employed a couple of people, and, and it was going well, and then my biggest customer went bankrupt. And uh, I lost some money out of it, and I think, God, how come? I pay my tithes, you know, I try and do the right thing, and, and yet I'm losing this money. You know, where are you in all of this? And God says, don't make a permanent decision on a temporary circumstance. Don't make a permanent decision on a temporary circumstance. He said, don't let a moment of agony let you make a decision about life prematurely because if you just keep on walking with God, God has a way of making everything right in your life. He says, do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. And then he goes on and says in verse 7, he says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more, and though you look for them, they will not be found, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy prosperity and uh, peace and prosperity. 
It's interesting in Scripture. You know, the Bible, that there, there is a limited number of words in the Bible. And so what you find is that when God repeats something over and over again, He's repeating it because He's trying to get our attention. He's trying to say something to us. You see in this passage that over and over again it says there, He says, do not fret. God obviously thinks that this is an issue in our lives. This is a problem that we have to deal with. Do not fret. What he's saying is, do not judge too quickly. You may not be seeing the whole picture. Uh, your view of life may not be correct. He's saying, do not fret. You know, don't focus on, on, on the stuff that you see happening around us, but focus afresh on God. Second thing he says to us, he says, there, God says there are steps that we must take. And look at verse 23, it says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him, and though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. See, it's good to know that God has got steps that he's planned for our life, and that he will hold us steady through those steps. See, we're not just going through aimlessly through life. We're not just making it up as we go along. There are some steps that are there, and, and, and his Lord's hand is there to help us if, if we should stumble in those steps. He declares to us that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. See, the steps imply that there is a process that we have to go through. It, it implies that it is going to take some time. It is not just, you know, you can't just get to the destination just because you want to get to it, you know, or just because you see it, or just because you like it, or just because you think you need to be there. There is a process, there are some steps that you are going to have to take in your life. Uh, when I had my hip replacement a few years ago, and uh, the next day, the nurse, she took me to the steps, it was like, like worse than this, like steps right up a whole floor, and so... She takes me to the steps and she says to me, you walk up the steps. I said, don't you know? I've just, I've just had a hip operation. I've just had, you know, the nurse had told me that this was the surgeon's favorite operation. They get to use their tools. They got the saw and they cut off the top of the bone of the going up there. Then they got his hammer out, and he had a steel thing, and he hammered a, a piece down in the bone. Then he got out his drill, and he drilled, in, he drilled into the hip, and, and then screwed a, another piece in there, and then he stitched it all up. And the next day, the nurse says, can you walk up the steps? I said, don't you know? I've been cut. I've been sawn. I've been hammered, you know? I've been drilled. I thought she was like one of those mean people, you know, like, like some of these nurses, you know, they have this big needle and they say, you know, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. I go, yeah, right, you know. I used to be able to leap up the steps, two steps at a time. But now my vision is to walk pain-free. But to reach my vision, it is a painful process. I have to learn to walk up the steps, one step at a time. See, there are some steps that I need to take. There's a vision that I'm trying to reach, I'm trying to attain, to be pain-free. But there is a process that I have to take. Don't you feel like that sometimes? God is asking you to do something. He's saying, God, don't you know I'm bruised? I've been hammered, I've been screwed, I've had all this stuff that, is, that has happened to me. You know, don't you know? 
You know, so often we're, we're tormented by vision. See, it can be a painful thing to be, uh, uh, to be a visionary because as a visionary, you know, you, you can see what shall be, but you have to deal with what is. See, I'm torn between what shall be and what is, and it creates an agony in my life. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. See, David, before he became king, he must have felt like this. David, he's, he's anointed by Samuel the prophet to be the king, and then he's sent back out into the fields to look after sheep. And I'm sure that he's sitting out in the fields there and he's thinking, God, I wish you'd never told me. I'd rather not know. I'd rather not know that one day I'm going to be the king. If you're then just going to send me out here to look after sheep again, and I've got to live with the frustration of this vision I'm carrying in my life. And I'm just in the fields looking after sheep. I was satisfied with looking after sheep. And then you gave me the vision, and now what I was satisfied with before, I'm no longer satisfied with. See, I want to hasten the process to get to my destiny. Now I'm not happy doing what I used to be because I'm tormented by what shall be. I want to hasten the process. I want to get to this expected end, but, but it can't happen that way because a blessing given too soon is not a blessing at all. See, I, I can give my car keys to my boys and say, hey, can you take the car and, and hop up the road? And uh, they can do that now. But when they were five, <laughs> same car, same shop, same road, same boy. But a blessing given too soon is not a blessing at all. See, the car can handle it and the road can handle it. I can still give him the keys, but he can't handle it. See, we need to ask, would I be a good father Why, if I gave him a good thing, but too soon? Sometimes my ability as a father, my goodness as a father, is to say not yet. See, the younger brother and the prodigal son, he, he, he shows us, he teaches us that, that if, we, if we get something too soon, we can't handle it. He was given his inheritance too soon. The same inheritance, which if he had got later in life, would, would have caused him to praise the Father. But given too soon, it drove him away from the Father and destroyed his life, drove him over the edge. See, God knows when to bless us. He knows how to bless us. He knows when we're not ready. We need to just be praying, God, teach me patience in the process. Let me take the steps that I need to take to reach the vision that you put into my life. God has ordered steps for us. Third thing I need to say is that we need to trust God with the outcome. He says, verse 24, he says, I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. See, maybe according to our unlimited vision, uh, to our limited vision, we, we feel that the, the unbeliever is doing better than what we are, but, but our vision is just on temporal things that, that we can see. God has got a bigger picture that he's taking us on a journey to. God will look after me. God has promised that I won't go hungry. Sure, I may not have what my neighbor has, but God will supply all of my needs, not all of my wants. He'll supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I will be okay. See, the thing that I'm thankful for is to know that God has ordered the steps. It helps me to understand that I'm not just walking aimlessly. I'm not just moving on my own. 
There is a course for me to take. I can't graduate until I've taken that course. There is a path for me to trod. You know, God is not making it up as he goes along. I thought God was making it up. That's when, when things start to go wrong. I'm, I'm praying, God, get me out of this. God's like, put you in there. I'm praying, God, get me out of this. You know, I'm saying, God, you know, take me through this quickly. Lord, Lord, remove that thing in my life. You know, I'm, I'm trying to remove things in my life that God wants me to endure. See, what's happening is that I'm working on the destination, but God is working on me. God's working on me. See, sometimes he makes me wait. Sometimes he makes me slow down. Sometimes he, 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 he says, hey, you skipped that step. I'm going to make you do it again. You go around the mountain again. Why? Because these are all steps that we need to take, that I need to take because he's working on me. He says, he says I'm not preparing the blessing for you. I'm preparing you for the blessing. How many know that God is not preparing the blessing for us? God is preparing us for the blessing. The Bible says that eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love. God has already prepared it. God's already prepared the blessing for our, for our lives. So God is not working on the end result. You know, God is working on us so that, we, so that we can handle what it is that he wants us to handle That when, as we come into the, re, the calling that he has for our life. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. See, even Jesus had steps. Remember Jesus, they tried to crown him. Remember that story in the Bible? And, and they tried to crown him too soon. And the Bible says that he slipped away uh, in the crowd. He says, no, you can't crown me before you cross me. Because the cross makes my crown. See, it's my sickness that makes my healing. It is my poverty that illuminates my prosperity. Makes me appreciate where I am right now. See, you, you don't notice good health until you've been sick. You'll never thank God for feeling good until you felt bad. You know, I, I'm thankful for, for the hearing that I have in my, in my right ear. I've got nothing in my left and probably only about half of my right. But I'm thankful for the hearing that I have in my right ear because I know what it's like to not have much hearing. See, I, I'm thankful for, for the heartbeats that I've got. I'm thankful I wake up in the morning and my heart is still beating because I know what it's like to have virtually no heartbeat. I'm thankful that I can walk pain-free because I, I, I know what it's like to be walking in pain. See, I, I'm thankful for my health because I, I know the stress of just waiting for results to come back to say whether it's cancer or not. See, we can, we can be thankful, you know, for, for what we have. You know, you won't thank God for your sight or for your hearing or for your heart or for your loved one until you've come close to losing one of them. We just take them for granted, but when we have been through the fire, then we thank God for all sorts of crazy things. I bet there are folk here that are thankful for God for things that we would have no understanding of because we haven't walked the journey that they've walked. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. There was a musician, Andre Crouch. Some of you older ones will remember him. Rob probably wouldn't remember him. You're a bit young, are you? But... Uh, Andre Crouch, and he, he wrote a song called Through It All. And uh, if I could sing, I would sing it to you. Unfortunately, I was in the loo or somewhere when God handed out singing talent, so <laughs> I missed out on that one. So, But it says these words, I thank God for the mountains, and I thank Him for the valleys. 
And I thank him for the storms he's brought me through. If I never have had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve it. I'd never know what faith in his word could do. And then later on it says, that's the reason why through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. My trials only come to make me strong. See, I don't have to reach my vision to be thankful. I can, I can praise him on the steps. You know, I don't have to reach the, de- uh, the destination. You know, don't wait until you get to the finish line and then thank God, you know. Don't wait until everything is in order. But every now and again, take some time to stop. In the middle of the steps, take some time to stop and say, God, I thank you. I'm not where I'm going to be, but I'm not where I used to be. And I want to just stop for a moment and just thank you for what you're doing in my life. See, the Apostle Paul, he, that's what he wrote. He, he said this, he said, he said, I count it not myself to have, have apprehended. He hasn't got there yet. But he's saying, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to that which is before me, I press on to the high prize of the high calling of God. I press on over rejection. I press on over depression. I press on over fear. I press on over loneliness. Every time the devil tries to put me down, I press on. See, you determine the value of somebody by how hard they press on. You don't need energy just to be sitting still. Job says, you know, I know stuff's not working out for for me at the moment. In fact, he says, I'm in serious trouble, but he says, I know I'm on the right track. He said, the Lord knows the way I take, and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. See, my favorite verse in Psalm 37 is in verse 4. It says this, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give to you the desires of your heart. You know, I found that no matter what we're going through, no matter what the struggles are, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, what happens is that we find that our desires, the desires he has for us begin begin to become our desires. See, I don't think this verse means that if you delight yourself in the Lord, God will give you whatever you want. It's not what it's saying. As you delight yourself in the Lord, his desires become our desires. You know, we start to become one with the mind of Christ and what he has for our life. You know, we walk the steps that he's got for us. We take the journey that he's got for us. You know, we're not complaining along the way. We're rejoicing along the way, being thankful for everything that he's done in our lives. We press on. Why? Because we've read the final chapter. We win. We win. Come on, let's just take a moment this morning, shall we? Why don't we just take a moment this morning and just worship the Lord, shall we? Musicians, just lead us in some worship and praise, you know. Let's give thanks to the Lord this morning. Let's delight ourselves in Him. No matter where you're at, you may have been through a real rough year last year, but let's just give some God some praise here this morning, shall we? God bless you. Come on, let's thank Pastor Luke. What a great message this morning. Thank you so much. And church, church, right now, we're going we're gonna to sing one more time in a minute here. And can I just encourage you right now, let's just take a moment right here. Why don't you close your eyes right now? Can I, can I invite you to, to, to just take uh, one minute out of our day and, and, and just to let the Lord speak to your heart right now? Maybe there's next steps for you uh, to take, a, and you know them. But, but it's like you're, you're feeling like, yeah, you've had that hip replacement and maybe just not yet. Let's take a moment right here just to to allow the Lord to 
speak to your heart, to refresh your heart. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Maybe you're here this morning and can I say your first, maybe your first step is, if I was to say to you, do, do, do you know Jesus as your 